Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley. Two. Fight prediction. Dun, dun, dun. Hey guys, Fight Junkie here. As usual, before we jump into this next episode, I want to remind you guys, you can hit me up on Twitter at FightJunkie.com. Follow me on Parlor at FightJunkie. Listen to me on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple, Amazon. Basically, anywhere you can find a podcast, I'll be there. You can also subscribe to the YouTube channel. Oh, wait. Hold up. Scratch that. YouTube deleted my channel. Um, let me think. Okay. I got it. You can also subscribe to the Rumble channel. Rumble.com slash Fight Junkie. Want live stream? Twitch.tv slash Real Fight Junkie. Jake Paul, still undefeated, four wins, zero losses. Of those four wins, three are by knockout. Woodley, 0-1. Currently, you still have Paul as the favorite in the rematch. Right around minus 225, Woodley comes back right around plus two. Those are straight lines. We'll go, won't go, eight full rounds. Won't go, minus 110. Will go minus 125. You have Paul wins by decision plus 120. Paul wins inside 2 to 1. Woodley wins by decision 8 to 1. Woodley wins inside plus 350. Fight is a draw 14 to 1. Well, this is a late, late, late replacement fight. For Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley, obviously Paul was supposed to fight Tommy Fury. Fury pulled out. Woodley stepped in. Woodley's saying he wants his revenge. Couldn't believe that he lost Paul in the first fight. I did a pre-fight prediction on the first fight. We went with Paul. And it was mainly because of lack of activity from Woodley. You saw that in the first fight. It's pretty much been the way he has fought for ages, even in the UFC. When he lets his hands go... He can get things done, but more often than not, he's just not consistent enough. Doesn't let his hands go, so he loses. You saw that with Paul. Of course, everybody was talking about the big shot that knocked Paul into the ropes, but then you got to look at the entirety of the fight, and it was pretty much Paul controlling the pace, using the jab, a couple of power punches here and there. He did throw a nice uh, right hand to the body over and over on Woodley. And he did one smart thing that a lot of people probably will overlook is when Woodley started to get aggressive and open up, he always fired right back. That was smart because it made Woodley have to uh, stay tight with his defense. He couldn't just go crazy and go wild because I think Paul possesses enough power to bother Woodley, if not hurt him and drop him, maybe even stop him. But it kept Woodley honest. And you have a guy who's hesitant anyway and doesn't really like to let his punches go. So if the threat of the knockout shot is there, then Woodley has to think about his offense. And he thinks, and he thinks, and he thinks. And then he opens up, and then he thinks, and then he thinks, and then he thinks. And then he opens up. All the while, Paul was just sticking the jab in his face, throwing some combinations and moving around. Obviously, I did not like the way that Paul gassed in that fight. 
But he did fight through it. He did overcome it. I do think he won the fight. It was a split decision. I think Paul legitimately won the fight because Woodley simply didn't throw enough punches. I think that fight was there for the taking. I think Woodley could have won the fight. I said that in the pre-fight podcast. He could win the fight. He by far was the best fighter, overall combat sports athlete that Paul had ever faced. That remains true in the rematch. Again, the best fighter that Paul has ever faced. The issue is they picked Woodley for a reason the first go-around. And I think they picked him for a reason in the second go-around. Obviously, they needed somebody on short notice to step in when Fury pulled out. But you're getting a Woodley, a guy who doesn't like to throw punches consistently enough to win rounds on 12 days notice. Now, of course, in the lead-up and the all-access, they're going to say Woodley's in great shape and he was going to fight 150 different times next year and this, that, and the other. They have to. What else are they going to say? Yeah, Woodley took his biggest payday, sat back and ate, you know, Cheetos on the couch, got the call and said, yeah, I'll do it. Oh, an extra 500 grand to knock your head off? Hell yeah. I mean, that's not going to sell. So, of course, they're going to say Woodley was in the gym, Woodley was training, Woodley this, he's going to correct the mistakes. Is it possible? Of course, it's always possible when Woodley fights. But the thing is, it's very difficult to bet on this guy. I mean, it's enticing when you look at the odds and you look at the first fight and you saw that he could do things and you saw he could get to Paul, but he didn't do it consistently enough to win in the first fight with a full training camp. So what the hell is he going to bring on 12 days notice? Now, how does Woodley approach this fight? Obviously, I mentioned the 500K that Paul put into the contract that if Woodley can knock him out, he gets an extra $500,000. Why did he do that? Well, here's the thing. Is Woodley actually going to throw? Is he in shape? And if he throws, how long can he throw? It's possible that Woodley would come out of the gate, just balls to the wall, and try to blast Paul out of there as fast as he can. And if he can't, he loses. Oh, well. But if he hits gold, hits that chinny-chin-chin, not only does he get the victory over Paul, he gets all that moolah as well. It's possible. I'm not sure that Woodley has that in him anymore. And if he does, especially early, Paul's going to be there with counter shots. Paul will look to fire in between when Woodley comes at him aggressively. So that's going to be the danger there if Woodley goes, hey, I've got nothing to lose. 12 days, I've already lost to this dude. I had to get a I Love Jake Paul tattoo. I've got a chance at a rematch, a chance at redemption, and a chance at 500 grand. I'm just going to go for it. It's a possibility. I can't say that's going to happen, but it's a possibility. But that could be part of the ploy from Jake Paul is if they do feel that Woodley won't be in better shape than he was in the first fight, and they can get him to actually throw hands, yes, try to get Tyron Woodley to throw his hands, he may be the one that gasses or gets caught in an exchange where Paul can put the power on Woodley. I know I'm going a little deep there, but it's possible that that's the thought process there. Otherwise, what do we get? The Tyron Woodley that comes in, does a few good things in each and every round, but doesn't do enough to win the fight. Because it's very difficult 
to say that Woodley all of a sudden in the rematch on 12 days notice is going to do more. Now, if this was a full camp, Woodley Paul 2 rematch, you could make that case. Okay, Woodley's pissed. He can't believe he lost to this dude. He wants revenge. He's had a full camp. He's fixed the mistakes. You could really make a case there. Woodley's the best guy he's fought. It would be very difficult to go against those arguments. It's the 12 days fight notice that really gets me thinking this is an uphill battle for Tyron Woodley. Because, again, he could come out boss to the wall, but if that doesn't pay off and pay off early, he's going to be in a lot of trouble. It could be him that's the one that's fading instead of Paul. If he comes in and he conserves his energy like he did in the first fight because he knows he doesn't have that stamina, that he knows he can't just fight consistently for three rounds, then Paul's going to do what he did in the first fight, which is shoot the jab out, try to land some power shots, hit Woodley to the body here and there, look for an opportunity to knock Woodley out, but I don't think he has to go crazy for it. A Jake Paul decision win over Woodley again doesn't taint his career at all. I mean, it means nothing if Jake Paul doesn't knock Tyron Woodley out. As long as he wins, he continues down the path of making major headlines and major money. For Woodley, he's getting the second highest payday. Again, a short notice, but he's getting paid. So even if he doesn't knock Jake Paul out, he's still getting paid. This was a fight that he was not expecting to have. The Fury fight was a go, and all of a sudden he's got six, seven-figure check thrown at him. I assume a seven-figure check to say, hey, step in on 12 days notice. Now, I'm not saying Woodley's going to take a dive or anything like that. I'm just saying there's a lot of winners in this, even if Jake Paul wins a decision against Tyron Woodley. Now, do I think Woodley can hit Paul? Of course, I thought he touched him. I thought it was more of a fatigue issue, honestly, with Paul going down the stretch than it was that he was just being hurt by everything Woodley threw. And I think Paul has enough power that he could hurt Woodley. I saw some instances in their exchanges where he landed really nice counter punches. And although Woodley took them, I could just see on his face that he realizes there's a threat there with the power of Jake Paul. So I think a possibility of something landing big is always going to be there with these two. In my opinion, it really comes down to what type of game plan Woodley is going to bring into this fight and what type of condition he's in. If you like Tyron Woodley, based off the first fight and based off his career in the UFC and based off the skill set that he showed in spots in the first fight, who's going to argue with that? Yes, he can win the fight. But like I said, it's very difficult when you're dropping your cold hard cash on Tyron Woodley because time and time again, he pretty much does the same thing. It doesn't even matter who he's facing or what the rule set is. He pretty much does the same thing. You see flashes of brilliance here and flashes of power of there, just like you saw in the Paul fight, but he doesn't consistently do it enough to be able to win the fight. So I understand why Paul is the favorite. Right now, the lowest you're going to get is probably around minus 225. The lowest I saw even at open was minus 200. Uh, the highest right now is right around three. I obviously think the lower the line, the better on Paul because he is still a novice. Woodley is the best fighter that he has faced. Even though I think he legitimately beat him the first time, you could see he had struggles. I think mainly the struggles was with the with the conditioning. In all honesty, like his movement was okay. 
He's got, he understands the basics. I said this before. He's got a good jab and right hand. Like he understand things. It's just getting in the groove where it's muscle memory. And so he has issues with that sometimes. And that's why people were expecting, well, if Woodley really put his foot on the gas, would he overwhelm Paul? Paul wouldn't be able to process that action, that fast action coming at him. And that didn't happen. It only happened in spots. It wasn't enough to win the fight. But I think if you're looking at Paul, you're probably actually going to have to look at him straight. Because I think there is the possibility that you could see a similar fight to the first one. Or that if they got into a wicked exchange, like we said, if Woodley happened to come out balls crazy, that Paul has enough power that he could threaten Woodley with a potential stoppage. So I think if you're looking at Jake Paul, seeing that they've already fought before, you've got 12 days notice with Woodley. They went the distance the first time, but what kind of shape is Woodley in? What's the game can, uh, game plan going to be? There's a lot of unknowns there, and I think it's safer if you're looking at Paul just to take the straight bet. For Woodley, it's a little bit different because obviously he's got the bounty, the 500K to knock Paul out, and he doesn't usually let his hands go enough to be able to win on the cards. The split decision is a bit surprising because Woodley didn't really throw a lot of punches, so they were looking more, I guess, at the at the power shots that he was landing, or maybe it was just the overall look of Paul moving backwards for the entire fight. But for whatever reason, it was close on the official judges' cards. But for Woodley to get a decision, he's going to have to let his hands go. He doesn't get a bonus for beating Jake Paul by decision. Now, I'm not saying that Woodley wouldn't take a decision win over Jake Paul. I'm just saying the incentive there is for Woodley to win by knockout. And when you look at the odds for Woodley's props, Woodley by decision is right around 8-1, to one, as high as 8.50. And then you have Woodley wins inside, and it's right around... 3 to 1 up to like 380. So you can see there's a vast difference there. And to me it makes sense because if Woodley's going to win, he's probably going to try to cash that bonus check of 500k and knock Paul out. And if Woodley's going to switch it up and do things that he hasn't been able to do for a very long time, that means he's going to have to let his hands go. If he's letting his hands go, then you think maybe he's putting it on Jake Paul. Maybe Jake Paul is under the pressure, under the gun. Can't really keep Woodley off. You can make these scenarios in your mind of how Woodley could do it. It's just so damn difficult. I don't care if you're the biggest Tyron Woodley fan in the world. It's so damn difficult to get behind this guy. And I think on 12 days notice, for me, that is the biggest reason why, once again, I'm going with Jake Paul. That's it for this episode of Fight Junkie. I will suck it to you tomorrow, baby. Fight Junkie out.